What's going on, Bad Spirit people? How are we doing today? Me, Byron Linda Q, aka the Model Maniac, back at you for the first Bad Spirits Golf DFS show of the 2023 year. We've punted Ron, my best buddy, to the moon. He ain't ever coming back again. I'm just kidding. He'll be back soon. And in his beautiful seat, we've got another good friend of mine, Ron Noonan. How are you doing, my buddy? Good. Happy to fill in for Ron. They are very big shoes to fill, and uh, I'm going to do my best to. There's plenty of room for me to get in and slide in here. I can't walk around in them because I'd be uh, tripping all over myself. But uh, Ron will be back. We're going to use a lot of his data and expertise still. You just don't have to see um, his pretty face. You get mine instead. So, yeah, excited to uh, unpack DFS with you. It's been a, a few months, but I obviously yeah. love chopping it up with you, and I've uh, been a fan on the sidelines watching you and Ron all season. Yeah, no, it's been a great time. I'm sad Ron's not here to join us, but I think you'll be just fine in his place. Granted, the shoes are rather big. <laughs> I think we we might agree on a few more things than Ron and I typically do, which I think I'm looking forward to as well, because Love him it. and I tend to never agree on anything. We are just polar opposites, which makes us, I guess, a great duo. So that is what it is. So American Express, um, we're playing three different golf courses. I think by now to Wednesday, you should know all of the, the stuff that's going on, three courses, um amateurs involved three rounds before the cut the whole shebang ryan what what's kind of your vibe for the dfs slate this week what are you looking to approach it with are there certain types of skill sets you're looking to eye out like what's your general feel for the week there are some commonalities between the three courses which i do think are interesting and i think helps make it handicapping it a little bit easier because again we are flying blind as most people know here on two of the courses in terms of strokes gain data. So the live data uh, and then anything historic is difficult because we we don't have that. But again, we just have similar layouts where we have smaller, you know, 7,200 yard, uh, you know, courses, par fives reachable to anyone. Um, you know, we have these spots where the last week too, where we had, you know, shorter golf course and you have a P die track and often P die tracks are known for positional golf courses. That's why we saw Siwoo do well last week. We know Siwoo plays well on P die tracks. This doesn't have that element. It's just short, right? There yeah. is no like positional elements. You can uh, just be, you can just be short and still make it. The rough is not very penal because again, it's really hard to, to grow that up at this time of year. So uh, you can get a, a, around here and spray it a little bit. Um, it is the one that's obviously famously known as a putting contest from John Rahm last year. And I don't know. I think I'm weighing putting a little bit more than I typically do. Yeah. And I'm also, I think, and Andy and I were talking about this on the, on the betting show um, here on the bet sports golf channel. Go ahead and look at that from yesterday. If you haven't uh, done so, but I'm also, I don't know. I find myself weighing course history a little bit more early in the season too. And okay. part of that is, I think it's been the tracks that were on, right? Kapalua, I think, has, has been historically something that you kind of want to get a feel for early yep. on. I think you get the same at Sony because it is a, a positional thing. And then, as you mentioned, the elements that we have here that are unique, you're dealing with six-hour rounds with yeah. amateurs, right? Um, and that's not for everyone. So having someone that's been here and shown, um, first of all, that you come here every year, you like it enough that you want to keep coming back to it, and that you've had a little bit of success means that you can still play your game without getting sidelined by, you know, hitting your shot and then the clunker chip chip before you get to like <laughs> yeah. shoot again. Like that's not for everyone. Right. Yeah. And that's the other piece too, because it's easier. We do have these, like, you know, we're out there. I, I you can't tuck a pin in the corner. Like I need you to put a pin in the middle of the green. Like that's not a lot of what these guys see. So you yeah. got to go low. So that's kind of another reason why, I know historically it makes the most sense putting of all the strokes gain metrics is the most noisy, but I think especially when you get to like the tails of things, especially on the, on the good side here, there's something to that. Like if you've shown that you are consistently above field average and putting you should probably pay attention to it on a week yeah. that birdies are going to be vital. So especially in DFS where we need birdie streaks and we need to run them together. Um, I, you know, I'm willing to take on a little bit more risk with guys that can, you know, spray it around a little bit. I absolutely agree. And I think I'm I'm really keying in on that five. I'm just, I don't even know. I know Ron mentioned that it's poetry, but there's hardly any poetry of like putting stats available. So I'm just, I'm just running baseline putting stats across the board. Like any surface, give me the, all of them. Let's roll. So I'm yep. writing 
five to 15 feet, that's going to be my, my magic range that I like. I think, you know, you can see a big distinguishing factor between the very best putters and the not. And um, that will be what I'm using for putting this week for sure. And then you've got these, I wanted to mention something else that I can't quite remember now, but um, it was, it was something to do with these different courses and having course history. Yes. Mm. So, I think I'm going to be very aggressive against people that have very good course history or that aren't okay. like elite. It's particularly in DFS. I'm okay. I'm betting on a gun course history for like a, a T20 or something like a Tom Hoagie. But I think a lot of people are clicking Tom Hoagie because he's played well here before, which you can't disagree. But it's going to provide a lot of ownership. But if you look at like Data Golf's correlations to success at this venue, course history is ass. So it's like... You know, I don't I don't think I'm going to be leaning on that much, although I have sure. been in early in the season, like you've mentioned. So that's kind of my vibe I'm going with. And we'll see how it goes. You know, That makes sense, though, too, when you look at when you're referencing the data golf thing, because, again, we don't have any relevant stats for two of them. Yeah. You know, so we're really dealing with course history off of just the stadium course. Um, One you know, round a year. Yeah. Right. So if you're not like that's the thing, too, with like La Quinta and Nicholas, La Quinta in particular, if you're not going like nuclear. Yeah, like you're leaving <laughs> massive strokes out there for something. Like we're gonna, we're gonna have, uh, you know, and we'll get to that. I'm sure we'll touch base maybe a little bit at the end on some, some uh, showdown strategy. But obviously, looking at mm. where we're stacking and doing those things in terms yeah. of where your guys are at makes a, a lot of sense. But yeah, man, if you're if you're like hanging out in like the upper 60s on the Quinta, you're just toast you left you're your, losing your, you're your losing i think it's almost massive. six or seven strokes under par for like the, the top five guys over the last little while i checked out so yeah it's um it's going to be a wild one and and the volatility is all about i'm all about embracing difference and volatility usually and i think even more so this week i'm going to be chasing low owned guys blah 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 so that's kind of just the vibe for me and we've got we've got some some studs in the field which makes it kind of interesting i think the the official world golf ranking total points from last year to this year is like double which is really interesting so that's also another element that i now remembering i want to mention is the course history thing is we've got way better players yeah now which changes the course history because typically this has been a poo-poo event so your course history can be pretty good if you're a middle of the tier range guy now we've got all these big guys that course history could be watered down a little bit so that's my take yeah, I think it's a good take. And I saw, and I would love to give credit to who I saw say it. Um, and I think it was actually really sharp because I do agree. Like Andy and I talked about that on the betting show is how do we change, right? We've seen, I think, for the last five here uh, from a betting standpoint, one at 150 or longer. Um, yeah. And we do have a better field. A lot of the guys, though, that I think have just raised themselves in the world golf rankings because a lot of these guys have been coming here. Uh, at least, you know, some of the younger guys, maybe not a long time, but like, you know, Cantley, Cantley, who is absolutely fine playing six hours. Um, yes. He has been coming here for, for a while. John Rahm, who will bemoan um, the setup and all those things, continues to come here. Um, yeah. You know, Zal Torres came last year. That's not something that he's, again, he's he's kind of new on tour. Um, so some of these, Sammy Burns has been here, but like Sam Burns has kind of ascended uh, in terms of world golf ranking. So there are, I think there is something to that, but I also think there are, some of the top tier guys are just better in terms of where they've been in, in the years past. So um, I, I definitely think it's, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, no, I agree. And speaking of the top tier guys, let's get into it. Now um, we've got John Rahm sitting at 10, eight, Scotty Sheffer, 10, five, Tony Finau, 10, two, Patrick Cantley, 10, one and Xander at 10. It's just kind of basically scratch Xander off. I don't know. Are you going to be doing anything with Xander this week, Ryan? No, I, it's just yeah. there's it's the opportunity cost at the top too, right? Like yeah. he, you know he's obviously good enough to play because he wouldn't be here, but like there's enough to be like, hey, I'm, it's I strained something or um, I wanted to get a little bit in and uh, get ready because I'm sure next week going home to Tory Pines is important for him, so yeah. maybe he wants to get a little bit more in because he didn't play much, uh, you know, at the opener, so. Uh, I think it's just there's so much above him and below him. That's uh, that's really good. So I'm sure just game theory, GPP bro style, you're dealing with probably half to even more uh, ownership. I'm sure he probably comes in tops 10%, probably lower. So I I get obviously why people would be open to clicking him. I just think that there's too much opportunity cost in the top tier. Yeah. And especially like we said, six hour rounds, if you've got a niggly back, you're going to be on your feet for six hours. You know, it's not yep. like a, th- a four hour round that you can kind of 
quickly get around. So I'm I'm gonna tell you where I like at the top here, yeah, and I'm I'm a full fade on John Rahm again. It's burnt me once or twice, but I think he's gonna be one of the highest owned guys in the field. Um, I my my philosophy for that is the Rahm wedge watch. I don't think his wedges are gonna be sufficient at this venue, although the rest of his game is immaculate. I mean, he can't. The putting has been through the oh roof, God. dude, and yeah. it. Yeah, like he lost strokes on approach at um, the Century, which is where a lot of wedges, you could see like every wedge he had was he lost fractions of a stroke on that approach. And you have to, he was making all those birdie putts from 35 feet. So <laughs> I'm out, you know, like if he's going to keep doing that, then he's going to beat me at 33%. But if he starts cooling off with the putter for one or two rounds, I don't think his irons and approach play from inside like 150 is going to be good enough this week. So I'm a fan on him. Yeah, I think it's probably sharp because the you know you're you're again naturally contrarian to the fields because I think he's going to be yeah. a very popular click up top. He would probably be my preferred click in this tier. Um, you could sell me on a couple of you know, other guys here, but uh, um, I'm probably skipping this range in general. Um, I'm typically a three max guy anyway, so like I'm not worried yeah. about 150s or anything like that. So it's not hard for me to um, you know have to make some of these stands anyway and i just love balanced builds this week um we'll get there i really want to stay out of the sixes and if i can avoid it makes it easier to do if i'm not really touching anyone uh that's 10k or above so uh, because i do think that like look rom's won three the last five yeah. like that's kind of wild when we're considering <laughs> that like he's coming off of a, a down year and now he's you know he's pissed that he's not world number one and um you know a mad rom is is not someone that I want to be on the opposite side of, but like yeah. in terms of DFS playing it into 30% in tournaments in three max or single entry stuff just doesn't make sense. So yeah, uh, I think he's the best. I think it makes sense that he's the top dog here, but yeah, I, I think that you're probably right to, to full fade. Yeah. I mean, I, I might be right. I might be wrong. <laughs> Hopefully I'm right. You know, <laughs> just theory wise, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, we can't see the outcome from uh, exactly. Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. And you mentioned you don't want to, uh, flirt too much with the 6k range i've also got another take on that because you got three rounds of golf before the cut so you only if your guy does land up missing the cut which is most likely going to be someone in the 6k range anyway the majority of the 6k range is going to miss the cut yeah they they're only missing one round's worth of points adding to your your dfs total for your lineup so for me i'm a little more you know okay dealing with 6k guys and that for me is why i'm going to be playing a bit of scotty Scheffler this week at 10-5 i think he ranks out the best for me he's going to be you know, of the lower owned guys in this top top four year, excluding Xander. We're just waiting on this putter to bounce back, man. Everything else is just right there, world-class stuff, and the putter's just not performing. Maybe with a few jabronis walking around on the greens, he, he just gets it <laughs> dialed in. He sees a few lines, you know, because that's also the thing. You get you get to see all these putting lines from these guys that are outside of you, especially Scotty's approach play is so good. It's, oh, yeah. None of the other putts are going to be inside of him. So he's going to see all of these balls rolling past him, and get some good lines. So that's kind of my vibe on him. Uh, I really like him. Tony Fina is also a great, you know, option, but I think I'm just going to roll with Scotty and that's it. You know, I'm not going to get too hectic up top here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't mind just from a theory, like um, the sixes for me more so, and we'll get there is I love the low sevens. So like, I think I'm, I'm comfortable actually just hanging in there because you're going to have to get some of those guys anyway, versus just a complete flat build in terms of, um, you know, being balanced. So, for me, it's just I think there's actual winners in the low sevens, guys that are gonna um, actually be in contention here versus you know the sixes are just uh, a little rough this week for me. But I think you make a great point. I think 54 hole cut does does help you swallow something down there a little bit easier because you're really again the opportunity cost is just the one the one round. Yeah. Right. If he if he's uh, sinks you. Yeah. Exactly. If you go with a, a punt at six k flat, you know you can really get real heavy at the top. So yeah. that's kind of an interesting concept if you want to approach it that way. So um, 9K range, we've got all sorts of people in here. We've got Sungjae, Willie Z, Tom Kim, Sam Burns, Brian Harmon, Siwoo Kim, Cameron Young, and Aaron Wise to round out the bottom of the 9K range. It's going to be a fun range. I think you can get some really good value in this area. Um, there's some guys that I, I think are, are kind of mispriced slightly you know i think you could you could argue either person could be in some 10ks some people not you know like xander being 10k and you know blah 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 so 
I'm kind of really liking Tom Kim in this range again. I just I'm super high on him. I hopefully a lot of people are scared of a horrific putting outing in Sony and kind of get off him a little bit and he just bounces back. This guy's a a tiny little 20 year old that doesn't give two shits. You know, he's just like a really vigilant dude and he's going to be out there chewing at the bit to try and win an event that's got some big names in it. He's he's shown he can do it at the President's Cup, you know, on a big stage. I'm not concerned about a course overwhelming him ever until we actually really see it happen not on the greens and then and i like tom kim in this range and then right underneath him is sam burns who's going to be my guy that's going to be my contrarian pivot kind of situation i don't think a lot of people are going to be on him his recent forms kind of terrible at the moment but this golf course suits his general play you know like if he bounces back to the sam burns that has won golf tournaments he's going to win this tournament you know like putting wedges hitting the ball a million miles right that's what sam burns does love sam burns uh, probably uh just a guy that i uh, bet too often um and i love him here for that same reason because again you're running any sort of model looking at anything with with recent form he's been pretty bad he's been below you know the other guys you know in this price tier below his baseline performance over the last year and a half or, or so and yeah, I mean, he came up and it was a guy that I hammered even before he kind of broke out because like he can hit it a mile and he can putt, right? So if we could piece some of the other stuff together and he finally did, uh, he becomes a, a top tier talent. So yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that I think people are going to be reluctant because there's, again, so many viable names in this range too. And I think Tom Kim is also a great look. People will probably want to back off. He was mega chalk last week as you know the bell of the ball at that event and, and very much... Uh, did not deliver for people. And, you know, there's, that's a huge piece of, of DFS is just yeah. like, well, no, he's, he's gone to me. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else um, because that has been a, basically his MO a little bit, right? We know that the fairways and wedges are immaculate. Yeah. Um, we've seen spike putting weeks like we saw at the Wyndham and he just nukes the field. And yeah. um, we don't even need that really. If he can be that good, if we can just get kind of to field average or so putting, he's going to contend. Yeah, I think he's a, a great look. The other one that um, I really like here, uh, I love Sanjay. Sanjay yeah. is also, I don't think, going to be very popular. He's been popular the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me, coming off of a miscut as well. So he kind of hurt some feelings yeah. too. And I think that uh, Sanjay has been really good. Ron put out a tweet um, looking at easy scoring conditions uh, and splits versus easy versus non-easy. And uh, Sanjay obviously is an above average golfer. Um, he's good on non-easy courses as well, but he's been taking advantage historically of fairly easy layouts. So, um, yeah, I think Sanjay is going to be a name that people often overlook this week because it's, you know, people are going to go down to Cam Smith. I'm sorry, Cam Young, and uh, you know, not Cam Smith. People want to people want to jam in Cam Young at at, at 9100. Um, so I'm sure you see a lot of builds that you pick your top tier guy, or you go yeah, Cam yeah. Young, yeah. and then you go from there. So just yeah. you know hanging out anywhere in the middle there, I think is going to be a little bit unique. Yeah. And Cam Young is a smash play in my opinion, but he's obviously going to be super popular. I mean, the guy's just, he can overpower any golf course. The birdie birdies come hot and heavy, but yeah. he's, he's one of the worst putters in this field from inside five feet. It's just, he's absolutely gone rogue on the putting. Like he's got the bit of the yips there and it's weird. So it's weird to see, but you know, I think I won't be playing him just based off the ownership as well. So, Same. um, yeah, so is there anyone else in this range? Yeah, I think, you know, there's going to be some popular. Siwoo Kim, I don't know what his ownership's looking like in the mid-teens after a win. We've seen Ron tell us that after after a good performance, Siwoo is just not available. <laughs> you know, there's there's fumes of all sorts of different uh, flavored liquids coming out of his mouth still probably on a Thursday morning. And and understandably so, the guy, the guy goes hard. You know, he's a very emotional player. So um i'm out of him you know i've actually got a andrew putner matchup against siwoo because i just think um you know siwoo's not gonna show up this week anyone else in the 9k range i don't even know who my favorite play was that we even i don't even know if i got to it but i think it was sam burns right tom kim okay yeah cool. we mentioned it sweet yeah cool so 8k range let's grow rolling down yeah we got okay aaron wise i mean i mean on aaron wise as well sorry before we get to the 8ks He's also going to be one of the the less the less popular guys in this range. I don't know why. Everything about his game, off the tee approach, birdie or better, par five scoring, all top twelve in this field. So you know this is a weak spot for me, right? Yes. Um, Talk to me, Ryan. I I am going to play him in DFS. I didn't bet him, so I have okay. to have some sort of 
a hedge on on benefiting from a good Aaron Wise week. Um, An emotional hedge, yes. That way, I will add him live just so that I you know do so and have the ticket, um, which will be painful because uh, I think he's in a nice bettable range. I just like some of the other guys in the price in you know pricing around him a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, overall, this has been kind of the thing. Is is the putting is better than people thought or think it was early in the year? It's been trending up. Ball striking is is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll continue to be long on Aaron Wise. So if he's going to be low owned on a week where I didn't bet him, well, I need to get a little bit of peace on Aaron Wise and 9K. I'll definitely have him in the lineup. Perfect. I think he's going to be super low owned. I think he's super low priced for his Agreed. you know skill set. So let's go, dude. I think People I'm... are going to click Cam Young right above him all yes. the time. Like I yeah. mean, just you're hand building, and that's just going to be I very, think... very easy to do. And then underneath him, it's Taylor Montgomery and Cam Davis, who are like probably going to be two of the most popular guys in this AK range over here, not named Tom Hoagie. So the AK range is also loaded with, with guys that you have some potential, you know, not nearly as the elite caliber players that we've just mentioned, but Andrew Putnam finished T4, I think, last week. So Sahith Tagala, we've seen him do some stuff. We've got KH Lee, Adam Hadwin, Wyndham Clark, and Taylor Pendrith and JT Poston rounding out the bottom, yeah. I'm I'm kind of in on KH Lee this week a lot mm. actually. I'm really I was putting together my write up for um, my my outrights on a Tom Kim piece, and I was like Tom Kim is fourth in ball striking behind Tony Finau, someone else, and KH Lee, who's third in my in my stuff here. And the guys mm. just out here just waxing it, so it's going to be really interesting to see if he can do that around this course and when he gets hot he gets hot he's won the AT&T Byron Nelson I think you can kind of almost throw some similar vibes out in the in the playing style and the field yeah quality and scoring conditions you know so KH Lee for me is gonna gonna be a perfect player underneath Tom Hoagie there who's gonna be mega chalk and I don't think Tom should be anywhere near the $8,400 price tag but KHD is my guy in this range. I kind of like him. And Sahith Tagala will be another one that I kind of sprinkle in there as like one of those, what the hell are we even going to get from him this week type <laughs> plays. So yeah, what's cooking in the 8K range for you? Yeah, buddy. So this is like my entire betting card. Um, okay. I, I skipped, um, you know, the big guys this week. Um, you know, I was able to get well, 66 on Cam Davis. Um, I'm in on Taylor Montgomery. Um, I bet Andrew Putnam and I bet Tom Hoagie. Like these are my these are my nice. like four main outrights all, all in this this tier. The problem is is that um, I'm not alone in thinking that they are good plays and set up well yeah. for this spot. Um, the Taylor Montgomery thing is is interesting to me. I'll start with him because like winning golf tournaments is really hard. <laughs> We've seen this. Um, you know, Finau struggled. Zalatoris struggled for long stretches where they were constantly in contention. And Taylor Montgomery is still fairly new on the, on the tour. We spent a lot of time last year as well on the Corn Ferry, but he is always in the mix. Um, and it's nuts. He's made the cut in 20 of his past 24 starts between the two tours. He's finished T15 in 19 of those 20 occasions. That's 79% of his starts. He is just always there. And he's not typically... Uh, I'm guessing someone that you don't typically land on as far as like profile, because when you look at it, it's kind of wedges or, you know, his, his mm. approach game is lagging behind a little bit. But when you're looking at baseline putting that is this good, this stable for this long, over the yes. last 12 months on tour, he is 0.31 strokes above number two, Harry Hall. The difference between Harry Hall and number 10 is the same difference. He is yeah. a statistical outlier in terms of putting, and he can hit it a mile. Um, so because we don't have to worry about him being punished for spraying a little bit, and these greens are, you know, we've seen lots of talk about these being pure, pure putting services right now. Like, give this guy a challenge. You're going to have easy pins, which makes it easier for his actual weakness in his game. Sure. Um, yeah. And then put him in <laughs> position to roll a bunch in. Like, I don't know. Like, I know it's into ownership, um, but man, if I need birdies this week, I, this guy is going to give us birdies. Um, so I'm willing to eat a little chalk on, on Taylor Montgomery. Yeah. And it's not going to be like massive chalk. Cause he's right there with some Cameron Young's and Cam Davis's. So it's totally okay. You know, if you're going to, you're going to have to eat a little bit of chalk at some point throughout your, your clicking process, but yeah. I'm going to eat it with Cam Davis too, Byron. That's the problem. Uh, you're going to eat some Cam Davis chalk totally. as well. I mean, look, Cam Davis is, uh, 
I, you know, he's a guy that I would think I thought coming up would be someone that would profile to fit better on, on different courses, longer courses. But when you look at where he's had success, it's been kind of shorter to medium stuff. Um, I didn't expect him to contend yeah. at Harbor town. Um, again, Pete Dye track more positional than what we're going to have at the stadium course, but that's kind of been where he's played really well. He's won, um, at the rocket mortgage where you have to go nuclear, right? You yeah. got to get into like the high, high teens or, or 20. So we know that he's set up here there and has played really well at this event. Uh, you know, a couple of strong finishes, including a third. So we know that he's, um, you know, okay with the setup and it played pretty nicely uh, the last couple of times we've seen him out. So I'm kind of just a guy that I want to be long on for the season. Just want to make yeah. sure that if there are, I think good setups for him, um, I want to be you know backing him in some ways. I have the outright ticket. I'm not necessarily locked into, you know, want to get later ownership and thoughts from Ron in terms of what we see there for Cam Davis. So it might be a spot where I pivot a little bit because I do like a lot of the other guys in this range. Cage Lee, as you mentioned, I mentioned that I'm on Hoagie and Putnam as well. I think Hoagie will be very, very popular. So he's probably a better fade. Um, so you have to make some smart decisions in, turn of, in, in terms of ownership, but uh they're just sometimes really good plays and I feel like I can get unique elsewhere. And yeah. It's again, more about cumulative ownership versus just the, exactly. the one guy, especially if I really, really believe that one guy is going to get me four solid rounds and by betting him outright, I've kind of committed to that. I'm okay with making some choices uh, at other spots. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was just watching his, his ownership throughout the, the week at the Sony with showdown. And man, it started getting a little ridiculous because everyone was chasing that ball striking and the putter sure. just never, ever followed through once. Yeah. And maybe it happens this week. So I think it's fair. You know, it's a fair argument. The The most important element of his game is going to be consistently there and the putter, you know, like comes and goes. So which mm -hmm. is fine. That's exactly what you're looking for in a guy. What was he, 50 to 1? I got a 66. 66 to 1. Yeah, you know, like that's totally okay with that yeah. kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also in on Tom Hoagie with you, so let's ride that train out to the max. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Adam Hadwin's also an interesting character at this venue. I think he's got some good course history at this place. But again, you know, we got a whole bunch of guys that are going to be injecting themselves ahead of him who are much better golfers. So anyone else you want to mention in this bottom of the AK range, Ryan? I think JT Poston's interesting. Sets up pretty well and might not be very owned. Um, mm -hmm. um, I kind of just He kind of popped for me higher. It's just not a guy that I typically back very much. But again, if he... Seems like he's going to come in 7% or below. He might be a spot where, again, I maybe get off of a Tom Hoagie and, and uh, that might be a place to go different. And I don't feel like I'm really losing that much overall, like birdie equity, right? We know posting can go low. We know the wedges can be nice. Um, there's really not a, a ton that he does super well, but there's not a lot that he does poorly. So, you know, kind of a nice solid all around round game. Yeah. And I think um, Ron is awesome because he, he messages these caddies and, and stuff and, the caddy of JT said he doesn't play well towards the, the fall. Like he's just, mm. he's just not a fall guy. I don't know why, you know, as the, as the year plateaus out, he's just not there and got a new year, new JT. So he's shown, he's shown he's played some better golf. So yep. I'm, I'm there with you too. Absolutely. Cool. 7k range, massive range. This is where you're going to make your bread and butter. And I think this is where one of the guys has to finish inside the top five or so to kind of really get you going up those DFS boards. I'm going to just throw out some names here that I'm kind of in the mood for. Some Keith Mitchell, some Justin Rose. Um, Jason Day is an interesting player that's looking rather popular. And um, hmm. some Ricky Fowler is, is an interesting conversation I want to have because he's got a brand new swing coming through. He was playing some good golf. I think he had a T6 and a, and a second in two of his last four starts. Yeah. And um, now we don't even really know what he's going to be doing when he comes back. He's got a completely new swing, new coach. I don't know. New year, new Ricky. Uh, Jake's going to kind of, what are we thinking? I hope so. Um, I'm going to let someone else pay to find out though. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch and, and uh, you know, I'll take my other guys that, that used to be good that aren't very good anymore. And you mentioned a couple of them uh, that I tried to pitch a little bit to Andy in our betting show. And it's Justin Rose and Jason day. Um, All dogs. This, so like no one wants to click them because yeah, just the back can tighten up at any point for either guy. And like, they are definitely constantly on withdraw watch. So you're never surprised if all of a sudden you get a, you know, Friday afternoon trunk slam for either of these guys, right? Just because they're not letting it up. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I strained my neck. Um, they're kind of at that stage of their career. 
But I'm encouraged from some of the swing stuff I've heard about Jason Day. Looks like it's been okay. He's played these pro-ams, these shorter courses, as California golf fairly well in his career. Mm -hmm. um, Justin Rose, again, I'm, the, the putting has been really good. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's you know worth our attention. Um, Going to give himself a lot of birdie looks. He plays short par fours fairly well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not an easy click, but if no one else wants to do it, I don't mind. Because uh, I don't, some of the other stuff in the sevens I like is more towards the bottom. So um, yeah. I think it is a little bit of a differentiator in terms of where the normal lineup construction is going to fall. So those guys in the top, top tier are interested to me. Patrick Rogers is a guy that I always have a soft spot for as well. Because again, he's like, I don't know, he's poor man Sam Burns. It just hasn't happened. To, he can hit it a mile and the putter gets really hot and the rest of it sometimes is just really hard to watch. But when he like puts these rounds together, sometimes you're like, damn, yeah, like, that guy can like do it. Why doesn't this happen more consistently? So like, I want to back him in California because we know this is where he likes to play and historically has played well. So I don't know his course history offhand and look, but I, I know that just California in general, this time of year is, is Patrick Rogers time more than any other time. If there was Patrick Rogers <laughs> time. So um, that would be a guy that in this range in the top sevens is of interest. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all aboard the Justin Rose train with you there. Uh, he's he's fourth it's in wave proximity. Two man show, Byron. There's not a lot of people on the train with us. Let's go, dude. I'm I'm fine with that. This is the kind of week that I'm totally okay being on an island with someone like Justin Rose. Yeah. Um. So and and I want to mention some Keith Mitchell. He's also that similar type of bomb and putt. And yeah. we'll see what happens. He burnt a lot of people last week as well as yeah. one of the highest owned guys in the slate. Is everyone going to go back to him this week is another interesting situation. And then I'll just mention out the most random play is Christian Bezade note had the one of the worst outings I've ever seen. Like the guy was just not available. You know, MIA, AWOL, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's, he's looking like he's going to be barely owned, like 0.1% ownership on a guy that's going to be not necessarily the type of bulge you're looking for yet, but he's one of the best putters in the world too when he's when he's rolling. And I'm okay taking a chance on a $7,700 guy that's one of the best putters in the field. So that's just, you have to play him in two lineups to get way overweight on him. And yeah. I'm totally okay with that. So yeah. I'll, I'll mention some Emiliano Grillo. Can't go without mentioning him. I think, you know, ball struck it nicely down in Sony. Missed the cut there, but he's, he's shown. He had that nice stretch of, of good putting until the final few events of the season. And then now he's kind of lost it again, but he can bounce back. This week, I think he's going to be a, a play for me again. And um, he's just interesting. And then Patrick Rogers, I want to get back to him real quick. He's like a perfect guy that he has to almost have the, the tournament break perfectly for him. He can't be in contention anytime until Sunday kind of thing, right? Like the moment he gets to the top of the leaderboard, it's, he's allergic. And it's at the Bermuda, I think he was, he was out of it until the Sunday and just came charging up. So he's an interesting showdown play. Too. I think you know. I think I'll like him in in certain certain spots. You can try and pick when when the pressure's not on. Play Patrick Rogers. So yeah, um, yeah. Let's get into the bottom of this range. Yeah, we've got some Thomas Dietrich who's going to be an interesting character. Brendan Todd is someone I like. Lee Hodges, Dean Burmester is another name I'm in the mood for. Um, let's round it out here with at the bottom. I'm going to go with some Ben Griffin and my favorite play of the seven K range is a flat seven thousand dollars. Mark Hubbard. I'm probably going to be the only person that dies on this island. I might try and convince you to to join me, Ryan. Mark Hubbard, let me, we'll start at the bottom and we go up again. He's 14th in my model because he can hit his approach shots so well, dude. His irons are actually kind of electric. He's one of the best bogey avoiders in the field and um, does well in the par fives too. So he does a lot of good stuff that people don't realize. He had toe surgery in November. He was pretty much playing those last few events that skewed all his stats with a with a toe that he dropped his laptop on this is mm. after i think that his daughter dropped a knife into his foot like this guy's just had like the craziest <laughs> run uh, of of things happened to his feet and um yeah i'm on foot watch with mark hubbard right now but it is what it is so i'm really a big fan of him i got him at 250 to one he's a fun follow on twitter just everything about him is just as a fan of golf it's tough not to play this guy and then and Ben Griffin. I've got both of Mark Hubbard and Ben Griffin for outrights. Ben Griffin's just doing his thing. Yes, let's go. Um, he's trending, dude. He's a new guy on the block. You saw at the Bermuda, he kind of lost the cool under pressure, but he's been there now. 
so he can he can feel more comfortable when he's in the in the mix again and he's been knocking on that top 10 door finishing inside the top 20 in 33% of his nine starts that he's had this week this year so the guy's solid man and i he's pretty popular down here but he might be a guy i click on just because he's just good you know he's 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 good so who are you talking about in the bottom of the 7k's yeah so when i first ran some stuff for the week too i also got mark hubbard um that made the list i'm old school too i like i have pen and paper and i write down um guys that i want to look at and i kind of use that as a ledger i can go back and you know plug it in so i'm old so i still write things down and then when i plugged i looked into mark hubbard a little bit too but uh and i was like some of this makes me a little bit nervous but you mentioned i think the stuff that we want to do well here he does typically do really well yeah um so i think that that matters you make a good case that there's been some off the course stuff that maybe has been um you know a little bit of indicator of of why these things have happened so yeah. i can get back on on the mark hubbard train again okay. like i'm looking for guys like that that i think your point around the the saturday cut makes a ton of sense but i feel like there's a bunch of guys right in this range that i don't know we have outright tickets on ben martin and some other guys that i think make a lot of sense that actually really think that they can be in the mix here on sunday a little bit versus this the I feel like best case scenario for the majority of the sixes, I'm just maybe hoping that I get, maybe you get through and maybe you get me some decent rounds. And I just think that there's a pretty severe, um, you know, drop off in terms of actual top 10, top 20 equity, more so than even win equity in terms of uh, the way that the pricing breaks down. So um, the Ben Griffin stuff, like mm. I, I couldn't believe it. So, so I do this on Sunday night um, and I won't, say it the way I say it, I said it on the betting show. Cause I said three different times I went to bed with guys in mind. Um, oh, and yeah. you know, that was not a right, the right terminology. Okay. I need to sure. watch my, my uh, phrasing. Um, but I do a little bit of work on Sunday evening so that I have golfers in mind that I would like to bet on when the betting board comes out on Monday morning, I think is the proper way to say that. <laughs> and when I was you. looking at numbers, I was like, what am I doing that has Ben Griffin in the top five? And then I change the sample size. I'm like, well, now he's top three. And then I push it way back, and I don't get enough rounds to qualify. But he's still in the top ten. The rest yeah. of the top ten looks normal. Byron, it's it's you know, Rom and Scotty and Xander and all like all the guys we talked about. And then it's Ben Griffin and like, I don't know, I, I it's, it's terrific swing season. Um, T3 at Bermuda, which is really nice. We saw him last week at the Sony T12 in contention. Um, the corn ferry again, where he's been, we've seen these guys. Mm -hmm. It's not unprecedented for these guys to come from a dominating and being really on the top of the leaderboard consistently on the corn ferry and then find their way on the PGA tour pretty quickly. And I think Ben Griffin might be one of these guys. It's a little early, but like 10 top 20 finishes in 24 starts. Like that's the guy that's in the mix flash to the Wyndham, um, solo fourth there against a solid field on the PGA tour. So, the distance off the tee is fantastic. Again, he sprays it, but you can play that here as long as he avoids the water on the holes that have water. He has been absolutely awesome on short par fours, which, again, we have in spades here on all three courses. Yeah. And, um, again, stroke game, top 13, uh, strokes game putting in the past 36 rounds. So I'm surprised that we, he was available at 200 to 1 in the outright market. I'm very happy to click him down at 7,200 because I feel like there's just a lot of good stuff here. Now, the putting stuff is a little bit interesting, but, like, you know, he's not been great in, inside some of the key buckets that you mentioned. But overall, he's been a pretty decent putter, a little bit better than field average around, so maybe a good lag putter. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think he's going to give himself a lot of birdie looks based off of what he's done so far on tour. So, I'm happy to click 7,200 Ben Griffin, even if it's into – relative ownership in this tier yeah yeah i mean and and if you've we've done such a good job of avoiding chalk up top i mean a three or four percent difference between these guys at the bottom yeah if you if you're skipping john rom that's built in there immediately so good point um and like we said good putters are typically going to putt well but bad putters are going to putt badly and well you know that's why they're bad putters is because they're inconsistent ben griffin is exactly that and at an event like this if you're going to bank on his upside you know, if he has a good putting round, the rest of the game is right there, dude. So, yeah, absolutely love it. Speaking of good putters, I do like a Brendan Todd at this course. I think he's kind of outside of the mold of what everyone's looking for. Played kind of nicely at the Sony. Had one bad round. 
he was a hero for me getting into the top 40 on a on a Sunday. So that was nice from Brendan Todd. Robbie Shelton burnt a few people as well. I'm a big fan of Robbie Shelton from one of the Corn Ferry Tour graduates. He kind of didn't really show up too hot at the Sony either, but I'm definitely going to be going back to him in the sevens. Six Ks. We got some guys. Um, I'm going to start off with one of my favorite players. I think he should be in the 7K range. He He's had 16 top 20s and 12 top 10s, uh, 12% of his starts with top 10s. Justin Lower, 6,800 bucks. He's going to be under-owned too, around about 2%, 3%. Absolutely love him at $6,800. He, he grades out really well from any kind of approach metric that you're looking for inside of like 150 yards. Mm. And that's exactly what I'm, that's where you're going to get all your birdie looks from. Unless your name's John Rahm hitting it from like 175 to, to, to five feet. But I love Justin Lowe. Yeah. And I think he's, he's going to play good golf. He, he kind of fizzled out towards the end of the season. He, he was rattling off top twenties, I think three out of the four. And then he had, a slow finish to the year. So hopefully he can bounce back with some energy this week. And then another guy I'm going to be playing is Stuart Sink. Completely um, risky as heck. Makes a bunch of birdies when he's firing up. Yep. Uh, got a 301 outright on him. Um, mm. And he's won. He can win golf tournaments. He's shown us that when he's in contention, he can win a golf tournament. So T21 at the Sony. Got a new caddy. New caddy vibes. You know, when he got Reagan on the bag, his son won two tournaments. Now it's kind of that that niche has worn off. Now he's got a new caddy on the bag, T21 at the Sony. What does he do this week? So kind of liking that vibe from him. And then a little bit of Lucas Glover action is also never too far from my clickability. Yeah. So who, who are you liking in the top of the six? I know you said you're not too big of a fan of anyone in this range, but if you had to, who are you going to? I agree. The one for me that that uh, makes the most sense that I think uh, fits and is popping in terms of uh, some t- statistical um, crunching, it would be Justin Lower. Um, the putting inside those key ranges is really nice. He's played these short par fours really well, so you know he's going to give himself a ton of looks. Um, going to be able to be there in the in the par five scoring as well. You know, Tita Green hasn't been great, but uh, you know I think he can get himself around here uh, without any problems if he had to go down there. You know, Eric Van Ruin, I want to really just add some more guys that can withdraw at any time. Uh, make just a, you know, Team WD card uh, with, you know, Justin Rose and Jason Day and EVR. Um, I just think in terms of just overall profile and, like, ceiling, you know, I, I think he's better than a lot of the guys that are down here. Yeah, uh, We haven't yeah. seen a lot from him uh, of late that would make you think that. But I just think the pedigree is 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 better than some of the guys. And I think in terms of making decisions here, like I feel like there's one of two ways, I think going with maybe really short-term form and that's harder to do in January because we just don't have it to lean on yeah. or going as long with the longest view in the room and looking at what your baseline like performance is historically. I um, mean, I think that that would probably lead you to an EVR versus some of the other guys uh, in this range. So I think that they make a ton of sense. Um, those are kind of my favorite guys at the top. Again, I just I like so many guys the sevens that we even you know briefly touched on. Yeah, um, yeah. that I think just are 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 better. Um, I like both. Like at, at seven, just like um, you know, you like Mark Harbert at seven. I think both Taylors, Nick and Ben Taylor at seven K, yeah, um, I think are of interest to me. Um, you don't you know haven't watched a lot of Ben Taylor, but he can put it. He was in contention last week. Um, he's played par four scoring has been really good. Um, give himself a lot of birdie looks too. We know that Nick Taylor can win on tour at times. The, the approach game gets really hot and sometimes the putter does too. And those guys that just rather kind of hang out at seven, like, you know, Russell Knox can't putt, but Russell Knox can like strike the hell out of it. And uh, if the putter gets even field average. Russell Knox will probably give himself a ton of looks, right? Yeah. So there's just a bunch of these guys that are, you know, seven, seven, one, seven, two that I um, would rather go to than, than dig past Justin Lower, who I do think is a good play. They'll probably be, the bottom of the board for it for me unless you can you know convince me i'm open to you talking me into to someone else down here uh some high volatility guys that are just popping from just strictly approach for me is going to be john her guys electric yeah. with the irons and it he's you he about broke the course record out in accordia shot like minus nine out in the zozo and then finished like 54th after being like in the, just Shoots like the course record and then finishes 54th in the 80-man field. So that's kind of the type of vibe you get from John Hurt, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's very tough to do. 
So um, he ranks out very nicely. And then Satoshi Kodaira is another guy that I'm kind of in the mood to click a bit down in the $6,600 range. Yeah, he's also same, very accurate off the tee, and his irons are kind of good. Um, the last three Japanese tour events he played, he was top five in all three of those. I don't know how many people start in those events or what the quality of the field is, but hey, he's not worse than fifth, so I'll take it. Um, that's the last thing he's done. And then I'll mention Austin Cook. He's a kind of a staple that I mentioned down here, deep in the bottom of the barrel. He's he's one of these guys that doesn't have a lot of distance, but he's kind of accurate off the tee, which we've mentioned. You know, you can kind of go with the bombers and you can go with the guys that are going to put themselves in perfect spots. And every time he showed up on the TV over the weekend at the Sony, he was just striping an iron at the flag. So on the par threes, he can really get hot with the irons and he's he's been the one of these dudes low in the in the salary ranges that's been knocking on on success and had a bad week last week i think he's going to bounce back so um those are the guys i'm kind of eyeing out yeah it's it's a it's a sketchy range like you said and and it's if you if you're brave enough to go into that department it can yeah. really reward you but also it can burn you most likely most of the time so yeah that's it that's it for the the whole range are you got anything else you want to any other guys that we didn't touch on in the bottom of the sevens there or um, just looking through this a little bit, I guess if I gave you another six guy, if you wanted to go with, uh, maybe a poor man's Taylor Montgomery, maybe that's Harry Hall. Um, okay. it's pretty rough, um, <laughs> approach wise, but, uh, has shown like, he, again, he can put the lights out of the ball. So yeah. he's, you know, going to give himself some looks here. The par four scoring has been really good. Par five scoring a lot. Again, these are, I think, you know, it's almost double counting because part of it is because he's just such a a damn good putter that he's probably scoring well on these uh you know these certain layouts yeah. the approach game has been pretty rough tita green's been not great but um also good out of the sand which i think i don't know how much to really weigh here but you know bunkering is a piece of this place in terms of any sort of defense on the course from you know being super low um you know so that's kind of a guy that uh, would be down there in the in the mid sixes um in the low sevens one of my favorites i didn't mention is Callum Tarrant. Um, mm -hmm. it's been really good. Another guy that like surprised me in terms of where he popped in my stuff in terms of overall ranking, but again, like top 10 in approach over the last 36 rounds in this field, top 20 in both, I think 350 to 400 and 400 to 450 on par fives. Uh, Tita green's been really good is a really good putter. Um, so I want to give a little bit of credence to that where I think he's maybe only struggled on par fives, which isn't going to do well here. You got to be able to make, uh, birdie and maybe take advantage of some eagle putts on the par fives here. But uh, Kalantaram in you know 7,200 in this range, I think makes uh, a ton of sense. So he's a guy that I like that short-term profile has been really, really encouraging. Yeah, no, I think he's, I've seen, I've seen some stuff from him too. And I, I like what you see. He's also one of those hot and cold kind of guys. And he's, when he plays good, he plays good, man. So I, I'm looking forward to watching him play this week. I think he's a he's also a solid player. What do you say, 6,800? Uh, no, 72. 72, yeah. And yep. um, which is same thing basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I see we've got a we've got a comment here on the live on the live stream and says Carl Yarn season. And I don't have Carl Yarn. I've got him as Yechen Yarn. This is the whole problem with with these new guys. I know. I don't even know what his price is because it's I've got him as Yechen and it didn't pull up, but he's a ball striking beast it's hashtag team no putt and if you're looking for that kind of a recipe on this course clint i don't think you can go wrong pulling your trigger on Cole yarn because he's looking at you know his 18 rounds he's played in 2023 the guy's 17th in the field of elite ball strikers so like let's go you know like this guy's gonna ball strike the crap out of it if the putter gets anywhere near anywhere close to good we're talking business right and um Let's go, you know. So Carl Yarns, I like him. I like him for sure, yeah. Yeah, I remember, um, I forget, maybe it was Zozo. I forget where it was in the swing season where uh, I almost had like a Ben Martin moment with him where I ran some stuff and I'm like, what, what in the world? Yeah. Like he's, you know, really like popping and profiling very well here. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a very, very volatile, um, just thinking offhand, it was a very volatile mix of finishing positions where he was like miscut third miscut second like he just it was er almost every other week when he makes the cut he literally is just in the top 10 um yeah. so like there's there's something there again the quality of, of fields are different but there's obviously an upside to the skill set of when it's clicking um he could be interesting so yeah i mean at a spot like this where you know i'm making the case that i think the 
below seven really is kind of garbage at 6,900. Uh, I think that, you know, there are worse plays. Again, I think Byron made a great, great point that I think is worth driving home is that Saturday cut uh, is definitely different here in, in terms of what you're losing by losing a guy on Sunday night. I'm sorry, on Saturday night. So uh, the opportunity cost is not quite as high. So if he's going to come around and hang out for three rounds of birdies, um, it makes the, the bogeys a little bit more tolerable. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see, you know, like you said, it's boom or bust and he's got three days to bust. So yep. that's totally fine. Yeah, cool. Ryan, let's have a good week, man. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's it's going to be tilting, having guys go off on courses that don't have anything but an iPhone camera on it for, you know, visibility's sake. But <laughs> I, I remember watching last year and it was just tough. So uh, tough. we'll have to, we'll have to try and remember to channel our inner Zen, chill out, you know, just enjoy what is on the TV. And we are blessed with the PGA tour coverage that they give us. So absolutely. Yes. I do want to let folks know we are. So we're like, yes, sorry, man, hopefully two weeks away from a uh, customizable splits tool that will, um, I think be impactful in the space and we're already, even though the, this one's not quite yet out for you in, in your hands, we're already working on upgraded versions of it. It is going to be um, outstanding. There's a, a very basic model currently on the site at BetSports Golf, um, but this new one is going to be, I think, um, a, a game changer. And I'm really, really excited about it. A lot of work's gone in on the off season mm -hmm. to get it to where it is. Um, got to play around with it a little bit on Monday and um, yeah, it's it's going to be good. So we're a couple weeks away from that. If you're watching and listening now, we have uh, a deal that expires before we tee off for the American Express. Betsburg's Golf, uh, 45 bucks off of an annual subscription. I hit Siwoo last week, 45 to one. So we're taking $45 off of that for you this week only before Amex tees off um, at betsburgsgolf.com. Again, um, every premium tool, all the articles, all the picks, the subscriber discord, which I think is really where you can get access to, you know, the things that Ron, Andy, and myself are, are playing in terms of bets, um, adding some folks in there as well, um, which I'm excited about. So you can get some more picks, just a good golf like-minded community. You want to talk DFS, some stuff that Ron um, shares specifically in there in the discord uh, is really exciting. So betsportsgolf.com, you get 45 bucks off before they tee off on Thursday yes. morning. It's a flash sale, folks. Go yep. get your stuff now while it's hot, while stock lasts. So <laughs> awesome stuff, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was fun chatting with you, and hopefully we can get Ron back soon. Ron, cheers to you, buddy. Get get well. And um, yeah, it's going to be a fun week at the Amex, and can't wait to just tilt my face off. So till next week, folks. Chat to you later.